Welcome to Oops All Apocalypses, a show where we explore the collapse of society by playing fun tabletop role-playing games. I'm your host, Stu Masterson, and I'm joined by two answers to questions that nobody asked. What does it mean? Well, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't want to... Because if nobody asked, then I shouldn't jump in. You know what I'm saying? But no, you're still, you still answer. But if someone like... Asks. I, I understand. Okay, I get it now. It's a funny joke. I hate you. <laughs> Hey everybody, I'm Brady, and I play Book McReady. I'm trying to enunciate that more so that people get the joke, because apparently not everybody got the joke. Uh, a sleuth who is who has a few more mysteries to solve. What a thrilling introduction. I'm sorry. Thrilling. I gotta go, actually. As true as <laughs> it is go. a sentence. And I'm Jacob. I play Ocean, a gentle giant who is a little concerned that he might be have been eating human flesh. That's a good one. That is true. Yeah, that's fair. Jury is still out. I would out. also be concerned if I was in your position. Yeah, it would have been nice if you guys got a more concrete answer to that good mystery. I think the, the problem is that I don't think we're ever, 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 ever coming back here. Mm-hmm. So in terms of agree. us ever getting answers to that, the chances are near zero. Yeah. Yeah. And most of the people who would know are dead. You yeah. Could, you have one survivor though. Maybe I have a lot of regrets about the way the hospital went down. <laughs> a lot of regrets. <laughs> Namely that we probably should have gotten more supplies. So that way we don't come back completely empty. <laughs> I also like that you found this beautiful oasis filled with real food and now it's gone. Yeah. We just <laughs> yeah. destroyed it. We yeah. just like destroyed one it. One hope of farming and actual food. <laughs> Yeah, it's just utterly digital. destroyed it. I don't even think we have seeds from what they built. We have nothing. And I think I should have been gentler on this guy's testicles because he is in the car with us now. Yeah. Well, this week we're going to try to fall in love with Book and Ocean. Just gets harder every time, doesn't it? Every episode gets tougher and tougher. It should be a stronger, more meaningful relationship now as we now have two more questions before we reach set three, which is the Ooh. final true deep questions that really get to the heart of everyone it's for after you're married and you're questioning whether you still want to be with that person yes we're almost to that point this one is going to be i think it's still interesting but i feel a little bad for jacob in this situation for those this question okay i i want you to still try to guess based on who you are i guess but how close and warm is your family do you feel your childhood was happier than most other people's oh goodness I think that they were like kind of right, right smack dab in the middle, like uh, warm enough that I have fond that book has fond memories of his parents, but not so warm that they wouldn't leave him behind when they went on a big adventure. If that yeah, makes sense. I, I had always felt that like you guys were very close when they were around, mm-hmm. but that could also just be how book remembers it because he yes. was a very small child. So yeah. I guess what what does book think is what i care more about not sure. like what does brady think the truth is what got does it book now think book thinks that they were very close but not very warm if that makes sense yeah very there's a specific rating against other people so you think you're right in the middle still um no i'd say i would say like top 70 70th percentile for warmness that's a great question to answer on a date <laughs> 70th percentile but I, didn't, I didn't hear the rating part i'm sorry i was reading an email from my mortgage broker who locked the rate even though i fucking told them not to i'm gonna literally i'm fuming right now i'm so sorry i just i shouldn't have opened the email i'm fucking fuming use that use that energy for the podcast i'm gonna kick somebody else in the nuts (laughs) oh no he's a serial nut kicker (laughs) i'm going rogue i'm assuming you guys are familiar at least with this series of unfortunate events book series 
I've seen the movie and the series, TV series. Okay. I haven't read any of the books. Though. Oh, gotcha. Books parents remind me a lot of the Baudelaire's parents is kind of how I picture them being like you had a very sweet, warm, nice childhood. But then the more you learn about them as you go, the more you're like, huh, what were these people really? Who were these guys? And they disappear for the exact same mysterious reason. So from what Ocean has pieced together of his backstory from all these visions and the pasts, the stuff that he's seen, um, and all of the the times that he, the visions he's had, I don't think he's ever felt any kind of like warmth or tie to any family member or anything like that. So I think Ocean probably doesn't feel like he had a very, um, probably didn't have a very warm childhood or family considering he doesn't really have much even in the little flashes he has of like the i think once long ago he had like a vision that was he was with somebody he loved but it wasn't like a familial per- person yeah it could have been a sister it yeah. could have been he doesn't really know <laughs> but in all the other visions he's like seems like he's driven by duty and like he's just hyper fixated on working and getting stuff done and because of that i think ocean probably feels that whatever his family life was it wasn't uh, considering one, he has no idea. Nobody, he's been by himself for so long and nobody's ever come for him. It means he probably lost his family at a young age or they just weren't particularly close. And so I don't think he had a very warm childhood. I think he probably feels that his childhood was very cold. And I suspect he doesn't feel particularly one way or another about the concept of having parents, even. <laughs> I think uh, I think he sees books, parents, and I'm like, oh, that sounds like nice. But I oh, think you had you had other people you knew before. It'd be nice to find yeah. them, but not like a special connection. Like, oh, it's your parents. Yeah, I don't think Ocean yeah. quite sees the the appeal of that or the familial bond. I don't think he quite feels it. So same. <laughs> Oof, we're learning a lot too here. Oh yeah, I didn't realize I'd answer the question. Yes, my family I think was pretty medium closeness. Now I'm. Not super close. I know a lot of families that are much closer than I am particularly, but I think I had a happy childhood. I'm just a generally and happy person. I was happy with just like books and things. So my childhood was good. Handled mostly through my own will and strength. <laughs> with his rap career in high school. Books not the I feel like that is a tough question to answer as the DM because you don't want to say too much. <laughs> yeah, I'm not letting you guys into my life. I'm not telling you anything. <laughs> Welcome to Book Snook of Book Takes. I am standing in for Book, who is upset at his mortgage rate right now. He looks very angry. I'm not even upset about my, at the rate. I'm upset that my my real estate agent sent the contract to my broker without asking me first. Yes, understandable anger, just like the understandable anger I felt while reading (laughs) Lucifer's Hammer. I like Lucifer's Hammer, despite some of its more prob- problematic representations of people of color, which obviously is probably easy for me to say as a white person, but, um, you know, here we are. Definitely a novel of its time. I like the science part. The science was good. I've read one other book by Larry Niven and whatever Pornelli is. I think that's how you say his name is. If we, if he wanted us to remember his name, he should have got top billing on the book. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. all I'm going to say. But I read one other book that they collaborated on called The Moat in God's Eye. And after reading that book, I came into this book with the same kind of expectations I had on that book. And that book was, and Moat in God's Eye was very like, ooh, raw. 
Military better. Scientists dumb. Scientists unable to do stuff. Scientists stupid. Caught up in all things. Military better at negotiations and scientists. Puny scientists just get in the way. That was like the whole theme of that book it sure seemed like. So I was expecting like a very like not particularly pro-science angle on the book considering the last book he read. They contain multitudes. Yeah, I guess. But I was very pleasantly surprised by like how kind of grounded the book felt and you know for its time pretty progressive i want to say with like scientific focus my only complaint on that front is he clearly had a pretty anti-environmentalist oh my god (laughs) where it was much like environmentalists are holding up the progress of science yes which in the specific examples he was talking about i think nuclear power is probably a pretty cool idea so I kind of agreed with what he was saying, but I think like it was clear in his writing that he kept harping on the like the hole in the ozone layer stuff, but that was like demonstrably proven true. And also when they stopped using whatever that chemical was, that the ozone layer actually started better, recovering. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> you're talking about uh, chlorofluorocarbons, something like that. Yeah, I, I remember learning about it in high school, but I don't remember any of the technicalities of it. It's what was previously in aerosols. Yeah, yeah but the writing was very good. The not really a spoiler because the entire novel is about a comet that hits Earth and the catastrophes that result in that and people trying to survive after that cataclysmic event. But that happens like a third of the way through the book. In my opinion, before that is pretty boring. Yeah. While that's happening is like some of the best book reading I've oh, ever uh, yeah, I was, been involved in. I, I read through that third of the book so fast. It was a struggle getting through the first third. And not as much of a struggle, but it still took me a while to get through the last third. But that middle third from like right before impact, like the two weeks before to the to the weeks after of everyone kind of slowly coming together. Oh, I blitzed through that stuff so quickly. Yeah, that was it was very well written and very exciting and a good change up from what was before that. So like I I also pr- appreciate the slowness of the beginning, but I think my favorite part in the middle book, there's a lot of like really dank shit that happens in the middle, that middle portion with the comic that strikes. Um, and if you're reading the book, we don't want to spoil it too much, but there's one in particular, one sequence in particular that really stuck with me because it was really well written and also kind of like poetic and like a melancholic sense uh, since, and it was two people who I don't even know if they ever showed up in the novel. I think they're just two characters that just showed up for this one scene and then never showed up again. I mean, for obvious reasons for what happens to them, but they're like sitting on a mountaintop and they're watching the comment and the first initial strike hits and it blinds one of them and then they can't see anything and then he's just like he initially kind of freaks out a little bit and is like i'm blind i can't see anything and then the guy with him just kind of like calmly like puts his hands he holds the guy's hand and says i don't really think that matters anymore and um then he describes it's from the perspective of the guy that no longer can see and he's the other guy is he's listening to the way that the guy is describing the comet striking and the devastation that occurs from that and i thought that was just a really cool passage it was really melancholic but also kind of i don't know it wasn't like they were afraid they knew what was going to happen they knew they were going to die and the guy initially panicked because he went blind but after that they got they both accepted and resigned their fate and just kind of like i forgot about the that show set. that that was really phenomenal that was actually probably my favorite part in the whole book i think yeah yeah i thought that was a really beautiful scene and i don't think that's much of a spoiler because those characters literally show up for that bit and then they die and then never brought up ever again also it's a nearly 40 year old book right now. that's true but yeah i think i think all of my complaints with the novel are probably applied to every science fiction book written in the 70s which is the like 
female and minority representation. Oh, it's questionable. Bad. It's especially <laughs> questionable in this one towards the end. Yeah. Actually, we should go back to our question from like forever ago. Who would be best equipped to survive specifically the apocalypse in Lucifer's Hammer? I like to think that I would be accepted into Jellison's ranch because of my medical training. Yeah, yeah I probably think that's, that's the one big thing that I have over most people. Stu and I are engineers. I think I have... I still have a lot of practical, so I have I have a lot of practical skills that they would appreciate, but they probably have a lot of people who are engineering adjacent. I don't know. I don't have to answer this because my ancestor was written directly into the book in Al Masterson, who is my favorite character, who is only in like one chapter, which was the perfect combination of not smart enough and smart, <laughs> where he worked at JPL or something. Yeah, he was the janitor at JPL. So he was around all the smart people and he got all the details, but all of the smart people were smart enough to know that the chance of a comet hitting is literally astronomical. So they didn't do any good preparation, but he was like, I did really just at like that, that level. I still need to prep. And he got his shit together and we, they actually stopped following his character, but he definitely lived a happy life. Forever. I choose to accept so, that he that lived me. a happy life and made it to Colorado. <laughs> yeah. And with that in-depth review, oh man, oh uh, wait, review seven out of ten. That was an entire podcast in of itself. We could probably do a whole podcast discussing this book. Not a lot. You gave it a seven out of ten, Stu. Seven out. I, of 10. I, I'm going to give it a seven point five. Ooh, Brady was uh, slightly of, more positive than because of the good science. Good science. Point five. And with that, let's get back to the action. Previously, you guys escaped the silent as they approached the hospital that you had, I guess, indirectly caused the destruction of. That was a nice little self-sufficient society there, making their own food. May have been cannibals, Living though. large. Making Potentially their way cannibals. But uh, you guys made it out and drove deeper into Subtropolis, which is where we're going to kick off right now. Uh, and it's just you, me, Crandall, and what was the guy's name who I... Uh, Meanie. Okay, it was Meanie. And the head of Vesuvius. And the head of Vesuvius, of course. Oh, yeah. He's still on... I, I, did I put him back on my shoulder? I would think so. No, he was brought out by Meanie, so... Oh. I was so scared we were going to lose him, and his head was like thrown in the disposal. I'm glad I've only kept characters who have ridiculous voices, <laughs> and Meanie, who I did not give a voice because I did not expect him to be this important. <laughs> Meanie is the cornerstone of our strategy going forward. So, Meanie said he was familiar with this area, right? Yes, he did say that. Hey, Meanie? Yeah? I'm sorry that I kicked you in the nuts. Whoa, whoa, book. You kicked this man in the nuts? Like hard. Like ridiculously hard. Mm -hmm. And then I tied his shoes together so he couldn't follow and me. And then he tied my shoes. They're still tied together. Actually, I had to cut my shoelaces. So my <laughs> shoes are very loose. Well, that is actually little known fact. That is the strategy that Alexander the Great used to untie the Gordian knot. So congratulations. You just uh, reverse engineered a little bit of history there. I don't know who that is, but cool. Well, I guess you guys didn't know everything in your little, little medical tower, did you? Sorry, I should be mean about that. All of your friends are dead. <clears throat> hey, do you know how to get out of here? Uh, where are you trying to get? Oh, man. Do you know Hamlet opening by any chance? Uh, I've heard of it. I don't know where it is. There used to be this guy who would come by. Man, he was so badass. Oh, Beethoven. You know oh, Beethoven. Oh, yeah, Beethoven. Yeah, what have you heard about Beethoven? I heard that he uh, he has only ever cauterized his own wounds. No band-aids. Well, what did you hear, Ocean? I heard that he doesn't use a shovel. He just digs with his hands. Just like an animal? Wow. That's I heard he's more you, effective you require than a shovel. a shovel. I do need a shovel. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that he busted the steel-toed cap out of his steel-toed boots just by flexing his toes. 
He does. I can confirm he has very strong toes. We saw them on the X-ray. Uh, speaking of his really strong, uh, his really strong muscles, I've heard that he just opens cans by flexing them between his bicep and his forearm. Oh, like pop pops the lid right off. Doesn't even need wouldn't a can that, opener. Wouldn't that squeeze the stuff out like toothpaste? Not Beethoven. Wow, he's good at he it. Catches it with his traps. Yeah, he's good Holy at it. Shit, that's great. I heard that um, that one time somebody tried to uh, or offered him a haircut. He flexed his head. And he was, he instantly gave himself a buzz. He just, he, he squeezed, he squeezed his hair follicles off by, by flexing his head. That one seems improbable, but that's crazy. It's just what I heard. It's just what I heard. Yeah. These are all just rumors, meaning we, we don't know how true they are, but uh, we've heard he's pretty impressive. You have one more. I have one more. <laughs> yeah. He helps a lot actually in Hamlet opening with our power, power issues. Um, whenever we have a down line. Instead of, you know, repair it, he just grabs one end, grabs the other, and he runs current between his body until it uh until they get somebody over to fix it. Wow. Very conducive solution. Yeah. And he doesn't even yeah. flinch, his hair doesn't even stand up. Because he flexed it off right beforehand. Probably. Man, it ties I heard together. One time he, he was eating at a bar and the the glass broke above him and fell all into his Cheerios and he just kept going. <laughs> just he just cranked through that bad boy. God, you've heard such better rumors than we have about Beethoven. Do you know which bar sells Cheerios? <laughs> no, uh, I've actually never had Cheerios. He told me about them. God, I want Cheerios so bad. I had Cheerios once. Did Book have Cheerios when like, he was a small child? And you know when, when babies, you gave babies Cheerios, you just pour it out in the um, in a little plate and they just pick yeah. them up? Is that how Book had that's them? How he, that's how he still thinks he eats them. Because yeah. there's no milk. There's certainly no, no milk. That, that's what I was, I was going to say. Book is picturing Beethoven with a with a plate full of uh, scattered uh, glass and scattered uh, what are they Cheerios Cheerios and just picking <laughs> with a bib glass on. Cheerio glass Cheerio with a bib on yeah but he told me about Hamlet opening but not like where it was but he said that's where he was from fair enough um how about how to get to the uh the long dark from here yeah I could get you the long dark uh where am I gonna go. Where do you want to go? I don't know. My home seems to be taken over by malevolent forces right now. Do you have any medical training? Yeah, a little bit. I'm not like a doctor. I'm not like Morlin. Man, he knew everything. Hey, did you guys eat people? No. Are you sure? <laughs> Pretty sure. Did you have steak ever? Like meat? You ever eat some meat? Yeah, we would have meat like once a month. Where'd it come from? Uh, Morlin. No, 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 no. Where'd it come from? Yeah, he would he would work out like trade deals for it or stuff. Mm, what'd it look like? Uh, it was usually like ground beef. We had Taco Tuesday once. That was a good Tuesday. I love tacos. Listen, Meanie, we've been living in Hamlet opening a long time. Hamlet opening is, I feel it's a pretty nice society. We've got a lot of resources. We got a lot of tools. We, we, we can get by pretty well. I don't think I can remember the last time any of us in our pretty well off society had actual real meat it's mostly from cans so it just seems improbable to me that moreland was bringing you guys fresh meat without some kind of source it it was just as fresh as like the spinach or as just as fresh as the oranges that was so good oh i'm gonna miss the food so much i got i got i'm gonna admit i got used to it like i've been there for multiple years now and I don't know if I can go back to canned food. Do you think you could recreate the um, hydroponic system that you have? Absolutely not. I'm not smart enough to do that. 
It's. I mean, you just need water and tubes. You found me on a roof smoking. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. I can't argue with that. Look. Hey, um, you know, but like, did you ever actually see the meat come in from an external source, or did 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 homeboy Moreland just kind of like appear with some food with some yeah, meat? It was. It was always a big surprise. It was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. guys, tonight, uh-huh. meat's back on the menu, boys. Did that perchance, <laughs> by any chance, per se? Um, by any chance, um, correspond with when you had people come through in the area? I don't think so. Like we, like you can ask me to, but like we trade with people all the time, like like with you guys, like for medical services, yeah, trade stuff. It doesn't even need to correspond with that because you guys have a morgue, so you could keep bodies fresh for a pretty long time. Morgues are cool. It's a very gross line of. Questions. I think you ate people, dude. I'm just being straight up. I'm just being honest with you. I would want to know if I were you. I think that more than fed you people food people as food okay well i i don't i don't know if that's true and i don't know how to find out so thanks for just giving me a little bit of existential dread when, that i can think of <laughs> in the future without being able to know the real answer when was the last time you ate people i don't think i ate people i mean wait meat i mean meat i meant meat i meant meat i'm sorry it was a reflex uh like a week ago uh when was the last time you pooped wait what when was the last Today. time you pooped well at least once then a there's day. no way of knowing oh god this is disgusting Look, 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 uh, Meanie. Let me get you to the long <laughs> Look, Meanie, um, all that to say, <laughs> our town is in desperate need for medical help. And uh, I think if you could show that you're even somewhat useful, we have a doctor in our town that could probably use some assistance. Yeah, yeah, I'm familiar around the stuff. I could certainly be like an assistant. That's what I was doing there. So I would be of use to him. Is he a cool guy? Is he as good as Moreland? Uh, Ocean looks at Book and just stares at him for a minute. Yeah, he's pretty cool. <laughs> Okay, that's good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he did get into my house somehow <laughs> unannounced without without breaking the lock, but without unlocking the lock. So, yeah, I'd say he's pretty skilled. Mini, I have one last question. Do you know of anywhere nearby that would have medical supplies that we could kind of pilfer? That's the whole reason we came to you guys in the first place, and we're just leaving a little empty-handed. If we knew where they were at, we would have taken them I guess that's ourselves. Fair. Like, I guess that's true. Yeah. Everything we had was stored in that hospital. Hmm. Interesting. Well, book, I guess that leaves the uh, leaves the stew as our next destination after we get back. Oh, by the way, Vesuvius. Yeah. You doing all right? Yeah. It was, I was screaming and I didn't even know if I had a mouth. So it was pretty horrific in that locker, but it seems like you guys got the worst of it. Well, I hold him up to the mirror so that he can see that he still indeed has a mouth. He screams so he can watch it and go. <laughs> he goes, thank you. I really appreciate it. All right, that. and then I put it into first and start to uh, pull forward slowly. You move along. You're no longer being held back by the thing you had to tow. So I think your Jeep's in okay shape besides the bullet in it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think last time we checked, I had like half a tank. Yeah, you have enough to get back to Hamlet opening, definitely. Ooh, very generous. Let's do it then. Okay, you crank through the subtropolis. You're trusting the directions of Mini. Yeah, I think I think yeah. we kind of Ocean will cross reference with what he knows. If we're going back in the long dark, he's pretty familiar with it. So Ocean will try his best to also kind of like check with whatever Mini's telling to make sure he knows for sure exactly where we're going. Um, you guys make it back to the long dark, but you're going to have to make a long dark roll. Mother yes. fuck. When you traverse the long dark roll plus hard on a 10 plus choose two on a seven plus choose one, 
You find something you didn't expect. You find something you did expect. You avoid something blocking your path. Do we both roll or? Nope. Just one. Whoever's leading the charge, which is usually going to be Ocean for this one. Ocean's familiar with the long dark and being, and he's also the one kind of like using the cross reference for whatever Mimi's telling us. That is a 10. Hell yeah. Choose two. Didn't even have to help. Hmm. I think find something that we did expect as in a familiar path to Hamlet opening. That could be what you find. That could be something that we find. Oh, God. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> or it could be the spider that we... <laughs> it could. It could. And I think avoiding something blocking our path would probably be a good choice here. Uh, so, yeah, you make it back to a- an entrance to the Long Dark. This is actually one you're not super familiar with, Ocean. It's further north up than that main huge interchange that a lot of people take in to Subtropolis. Uh, but you you kind of understand geographically where it's at, and you think you could probably line back up with that main thoroughfare that ends up leading right by Hamlet opening. Uh, so you get in to the tunnels, headlights shining in front of you, not illuminating very far. You don't have those cool Humvee headlights anymore that were extra strong, extra wide, extra bright. Uh, but you're able to speed through these tunnels at a pretty fast pace. As you're going along, book, give me a Rita Sitch roll. Row, row, reggie. That was also a nine. Jeez, we're rolling rocks today. I get an extra one because I can sniff the ween. What is my best way through the long dark to Hamlet opening? And let's change it up. We always do. What should I be on the lookout for? What is the best way through the long dark to Hamlet opening? And what is the biggest threat to me, to us? You're cruising along for quite a while and you get some confirmation. You seem to be at least heading towards the right direction because a car does zoom past you. It's like a muscle car. It does not slow down at all. If you tried, would you guys like try to wave at it in any way? Or? <laughs> like a muscle, like, ooh, just like zooms past us? Yes. I give it the Jeep wave. Just okay. two fingers. The horns? Two, no, just two <laughs> fingers up on the steering wheel. Um, it does. He does not react. You see it as a guy driving. You barely see him for a second. He's going so quickly in the opposite direction of you on these curvy tunnels where he just moves a little to the side, not enough for like a full car width, and just whoops past It's even you. honk or nothing or just... just- no, nope, nothing. Just keeps going. It's Mad Max. Ocean recognize the car? The car does not look like one you've seen at Hamlet opening. It's Madonna Maximum. It it doesn't look like a super crazy car. Like you haven't seen any like that before, but it doesn't. You don't recognize the person that you briefly see or the car. Or it's Batman. Could be Batman. But a- as you turn away uh, from him and look back on the road book, you notice there's something a little weird about the ground in front of you. You're heading towards a downward slope. And you notice that along the edges here, it's actually a super loose earth. You'll take a plus one on this, utilizing your Rita Sitch roll, but you're going to roll a deal with bad terrain mm. roll. Roll plus cool, modified by your vehicle's handling. All right. P- roll plus cool plus two. Plus one. Sorry. Plus one. Just marking my second XP that I got in short succession. When it rains, it pours, folks. Oh, no. Oh, oh no, not. Shit. Don't make this our fail. <laughs> So I got snake eyes plus two plus one. So I got a five. Ah, that's pretty poor. Indeed. So you see it coming just in time. What do you do to try to react to it? It's loose soil. Yeah, you notice the ground is much looser here and you're headed down a downward slope. What would be your reaction to deal with that? Mm. You think it's too late to, ah, no, I'll say whatever the fuck you want. Go for it. Um, yeah, I'm actually, I'm going to, I'm going to choose my action in accordance with my role. 
So I made a bad roll. So I think Book is going to try to slam on the brakes, which is obviously uh, not a good idea. You slam on the brakes, trying to stop before it becomes too bad. But you realize this is like as the weight of your vehicle goes onto it, the earth actually starts flowing with you. It's like almost like a mudslide, but of dry earth. I don't know if there's a name for that. Just a, a dry slide, a, a silt slide. Yes, a nice silty slide. As you slam on the brakes, you start fishtailing to the side and. Uh, just as the tunnel starts narrowing further and further and you both get this sudden rock as the jeep starts scraping both the nose and its tail against the edges of the stone walls one of your headlights flies off gets crunched underneath your large front tire and the back gets kind of crumpled in before you come to a stop Uh, you see the dirt keeps kind of flowing up on you and it doesn't like submerge the vehicle it's not nearly that high but it goes up probably a few inches on your tires on the higher side your vehicle takes one armor piercing damage luckily you're in a jeep so you're able to and or get out of your slight predicament pretty easily unwedge it like the austin powers yes it's identical nice it's a 372 point turn just There's a bunch of crunching while you're doing that. Your cattle guard on the front is all messed up, but you're able to work your way back down the tunnel and keep going towards Hamlet opening pretty quickly. Ocean is able to recognize the area where you're back up to the kind of the main thoroughfare tunnel of the long dark, which from at least this area back to Hamlet opening ocean knows super well. So as you're approaching the town, what's your guys's plan for this? Like, how are you going to deal with going back into town? Cause last time you left surreptitiously. Yeah. <sighs> last time I think we left on their assumption that we were just going to check some stuff out, but there we're going to come back and get the G the, the, the spider to go to the stew. I think last time we also left through the long dark. So I imagine we would just try to come back the way we came. You can come back to the game as you literally get into the town. Oh, what are you trying to do, Meanie? What do you uh, uh, what do you, what do you want us to do with um, with our guy uh, Maple? You want us to introduce you? Yeah, yeah, no, that would be great if you guys got like a good in with him, and you think I could get a job working for him. I would love if you guys just hooked me up with him. I could try to show off some of my work. We we initially came out for medical supplies. I. I've- we don't necessarily have very many. I think we have whatever Crandall has in his bag, which was what band aids. <laughs> but I guess I already got. I also had this, and he pulls up a like 2006 Bluetooth <laughs> headset. Crandall, I don't know what we're gonna do with that. <laughs> what, what book? Ocean kind of like freezes, and after Crandall says, uh, after Crandall says, I've also got this. He looks at oh, he looks at book and goes, book. What what are we gonna do with Crandall? I think Crandall's our mascot now. <laughs> <laughs> she looks back and is like, can we keep him? <laughs> no, he doesn't say that. But oh yeah, what, what, what do we do with him? He's a warlord with no lord to war, with no war to lord. Yeah, that's a, oh man. Oh man. Honestly, <laughs> I think it would be fun just to kind of see what happens. Like, I mean, <laughs> we, we're, we're kind of, our, our town's kind of led by a, a warlord of sorts. I mean, it's true. Yeah. Who's, who's to say there's not room in this town for the two of them. Yeah. I thought I would probably stay here. Crandall, what, what skills do you have? I'm pretty good with technology and pranks. Um, <laughs> I'm a leader of men. I'm inspiring. How would you feel about being a radio host? <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> what if we set Johnny Hertz up with Crandall? That would be quite the duo we the only issue is that we have to get to the opposite side of <laughs> hamlet opening which would 
take us through the middle of town, which would take us past all the people we're trying to avoid. Well, but, you know, the first thing we need to do is I think we need to get in. We need to stop by, speak to Maple, check on the the spider, and then we can swing by Johnny Hertz. That's a lot of doing. It's a lot of doing. We, are you sure we shouldn't just drop everybody off and grab the spider and go into the, into the stew? Yeah, I guess we could do that. That works almost exactly the same and probably flows better narratively. I, yeah, I can I can take care of myself. <laughs> that is just tell me where to go. And that's I'll go. entirely incorrect, Crandall. <laughs> Um, Crandall, we'd like to introduce you. Actually, wait. We can just call Johnny. I go. I I take my uh, walkie-talkie. Johnny, this is book. Can you? I mean, Red. Fuck. Uh, do you read me? Who is Red? Wait, this I is. I think I know your real book. name. Do you read me? That's pretty funny. This is Johnny Hertz. Can you hear me? Hey, Johnny. I can hear you. Uh, listen, man. We have. Are you by any chance interested in potentially? Uh, bringing on by any chance a new uh, a co-host by any chance potentially hmm, give me a sway somewhere oh, ocean ocean grabs the radio and is like a former warlord war ho- co-host could get some interesting stories that was a 12 oh, okay i don't even need to bother to help i was prepped to help like giving the warlord stuff but well maybe on a trial basis but if it is a true warlord then i think we could definitely do a multi-part interview series but if he if he can handle the mic as well as i can then i would be welcoming to a second co-host johnny this man's voice smooth as rain smooth as rain <laughs> smooth as rain is rain smooth i feel like it is it's a gentle smooth down trickling I don't know. I came up with that off my head. I don't know, man. We get some pretty, pretty (laughs) strong downpours, especially I bet in the cave system that we're used to, like the water just all falls at once. Like it doesn't, (laughs) it's condensation and then it hits like saturation down. Yeah. And just falls in a flat sheet. Also, Johnny, he, uh, he's pretty handy with technology. He might be able to help you around the radio station a little bit. Oh my God. We're wait, wait. this sounds like a perfect fit. This is perfect. John, yeah. Johnny has your tickle tickle explode. You can do more pranks. Oh my god. <laughs> what have we done? Look. <laughs> now, Crandall, here's something to keep in mind about that device that it does more than just tickles and explodes cans. So make sure you talk with Johnny before you do anything with it because you don't want to mess it up. I don't I guess he is the current owner, but I'll work something out. I don't think you'll have to do anything. It's still it's I mean it's shaking pretty good, I reckon. Right when you guys have a very important message to send back, it's gonna come through like because <laughs> there's a can on top of some important transistor. <laughs> oh my god. I'm excited god. for it. But nice. uh Johnny goes yeah, just send him my way whenever, and I'll get him. Uh, I'll I'll watch him for a few days at least. I'll watch him. That is exactly what we need. Thank you. <laughs> I draw a little map for Crandall. He takes it, but does not look at it, and starts walking towards. Wait, Crandall! Hamlet. Crandall! Before you go. Yeah. Yes. Ocean holds out his hand. It's like it's good for serving with you. You son <laughs> of a bitch. And he gives you a big predator <laughs> high five. As you release the high five, his hand drags along your forearm down your fingers and you feel this like, moisture <laughs> accumulating behind it like the thin trail of a slug as he removes his hand from Look, how does that man's hands get so moist? It doesn't make any sense. And he flicks his hand. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I think he's a very well hydrated. I don't want to talk about it. All right, well, that's Crandall taken care of. Um, I guess next is uh, next is up is Maple. Should we go speak with them ourselves and bring Meanie in with us? How many days has it been since we were home? Been at least three, right? Three. I think it's been exactly because the okay. first the, our first escapade was basically a full day's worth, right? 
And then it took two days for us to recover. And then right at the tail end of that last second day, we booked it out of there after the disaster that unfolded. So I would like to write a letter to Maple that goes a little something like this. <clears throat> My dearest Maple, I regret to inform you that I will not be meeting you on this occasion, but I have sent a, a small token of my appreciation of your extension of my deadline in the form of this individual. He will be able to assist you with any medical tasks that you have and comes with a small smattering of supplies in the form of band-aids and a Bluetooth <laughs> headset. Hey, Vesuvius. We assure you that we will return. Yeah. Why the fuck did you just interrupt me? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is gold. This is an amazing note. What I was in the middle about? of writing my letter. This is an incredible note. You totally interrupted my train of thought. I was reading over your shoulder. Well, you clearly were not. <laughs> I was reading what you should have wrote. <laughs> but then I, I I crunch up the piece of paper and I throw it out the window of the car and I start over. <laughs> and I write all of that. But then I add uh, this individual is a medical professional and a medical assistant and a medical professional will be able to help you. And then. I take out my uh, my uh, my uh, my um, my first aid kit that I keep in the Jeep that has like exactly a quarter of a tube of uh, of Neosporin and one Band-Aid and one piece of gauze, and I hand it to uh, Meanie, and I, I I he goes. Okay, yeah, <laughs> thanks, thanks guys for the ride back. And just maybe saving me or maybe destroying my home. I haven't really come to terms we, with We it saved yet. you, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you were like clinically dead. You were clinically dead. You had a nuclear power plant dead. with a savage AI that you guys had harnessed and tied to a, essentially, uh, uh, what do you call it when you Bye. chain a dog? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that, but thanks. We should probably go get this button and get the fuck out of here before <laughs> before anybody sees us. Should we stick or should we talk to anybody and do anything or should we just book it out of here? Well, we got to go to my cave because that's where the traveling tradesmen are. And so um, I take us to the cave. I want to look at the mirror, see if the mirror is showing anything interesting. And then I think we should, you, while you handle your uh, your spider pickup. Okay, I'll, I'll go check it out. I think this is exactly probably the perfect timing. I think he said it was going to be ready in a few days anyway. So hopefully it's done. We're so good at transition scenes. We really are. We're just so good yep. at it. So smooth. Yep. You make it back. You're, you see Slimothy Jimothy. I forgot. Dusting <laughs> off his hands. I forgot that's his name. But that wasn't the guy who was working on the, the spider, was it? It was Slimothy <laughs> no, Jimothy and the, the guy working. Yeah. Who was the guy, the name The name of the guy? Clever Hunt. Clever Hunt. How do you remember it's all like this It's like you don't shit? even listen to our podcast. <laughs> God, that's impressive. And Slimothy Jimothy sees you coming and he goes, oh, wow, I was I was starting to be a little bit worried there because we got to head out very soon. But you're back to pick up the spider? Yeah. Uh, has it been fixed? Is it ready? Let me tell you, and he puts his arm around Jenny Lane's close. He's like, Clever Hans was very impressed with the trade that you worked out. So he, I think he threw in a little <sighs> bit extra. And since he finished, he worked quite quickly. But when he finished, he was, he's all over whatever that weird thing you gave him is. He's super excited about it. So you've really made a friend Sweet. here. Well, yeah, let's, let's check it out. Slimothy. The more, the more book here is the more certain he is that that was a critical <laughs> piece of technology that they needed to, to defeat the AI. Ocean turns to book and <laughs> And, uh, oh, oh that's right. Oh, I thought book came with it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But never. Do you want to be here? You can be. I feel like I was, I walked up with ocean and then I was going to go when he went to go get the spider. I was going to go to get my mirror okay. to look okay. at it. Well, then in that case, Smithy Jimothy, as he directs ocean towards this, what is clearly the spider with a big tarp over top of it. He looks down at books 
fucked up cane sword sheath and he goes oh pretty fancy sword you have there you uh it seems to be a little fucked up would you like a new holster for that i do believe the term is scabbard i'm not one of our blacksmiths but i'm sure we have something that fits that do you think you'd be able to yeah do you think yeah do you think well what what do you got to trade um do you wanna do you wanna um can i have a can i have a moment to think about that yeah yeah just come back no problem go yeah go take a load off in your own home it's all good do you want some food like can i just give you some food i got some cans of food to trade yeah yeah maybe right. but i i think if you got a cool book i'd be more interested all right i'll go think about the books that i know it's like I giving away a small fucking like book that i know tossing a child every time he gives uh gives a book away all right book book walks into his little cave to both look at the mirror and then look at the books that he's okay with parting with okay i'm gonna stick with ocean for a second here then we'll go back to your mirror investigation okay. all right i'm excited oh it's been so long since we had a good spider clever hans comes up and gives you just a grunt and pulls off the cover and you see the spider looks like it's had some significant improvements you see that snorkel that he mentioned adding to it so it should be able to work there was a ton of exposed wires inside of it that he's all fully insulated and more than what he mentioned before of just making it so you guys should be able to like drive through water he has actually fully sealed the inside so you're able to be completely submerged and be okay and it's not done like it's done very well but it still definitely looks like a hunk of junk like he used a bunch of like gorilla glue <laughs> around the edges to make the seal and there's like a lot of duct tape just but you can tell it works tape. very well yeah but you can tell he has sealed like every possible surface of this and he describes that the snorkel completely works but you're actually able to fully submerge if you uh, activate this le lever here and it'll block off the uh exhaust but your car will start filling up with all of the exhaust that would normally be going out the okay, so, so limited so it's a very limited effect but you're able to be completely submerged and he guarantees you your vehicle as well as all of the spider unique mechanisms will work while underwater yes and we'll get carbon monoxide poisoning and you will slowly get carbon yeah, monoxide as long poisoning as we don't stay in too long we're fine ocean runs his hands along the spider and a single tear runs down his eyes and he turns to to clever hans and goes it's it's beautiful thank you i'll cherish it forever he he just leans in and gives you a big hug what 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 you plan on doing with that thing i gave you everything <laughs> <laughs> oh my god back at book i love that ocean is forming all of these wonderful beautiful friendships <laughs> and everybody fucking hates book <laughs> well i mean maybe if you didn't kick him in the nuts so often so your vehicle already has the off-road tag, I believe. Okay. So it can't be more off-road, but you can say like submersible if you want to add that tag to it. So strengths are rugged, off-road, and submersible. I'm just writing this down now and because it's previously just written horribly on my piece of paper. So yes, uh, its weaknesses are still sloppy and cramped. And then it's still speed zero, handling one, and armor one. Nothing changed there? Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm tired of just taunting Brady, so I'm now going to very explicitly tell you why. Oh, I was going to say, the next time we see Book, his hair is disheveled, he has, like, stress creases on his face, his <laughs> eyes are bloodshot, and he's holding the box set of Lewis Carroll's, or not Lewis Carroll's, C.S. Lewis's um, entire <laughs> Narnia series. Excellent. Yeah, no, he will absolutely accept that as a trade. 
for he finds you very nice. It was actually the scabbard of a another cane sword oh. that looks pretty similar to yours. Nice. So it's like someone would have to look real close to tell it's not made with the same handle. Oh yeah. And he finds you that. You think it was probably nicer than the one you had, but okay. But if you want to figure out anything about the mirrors, you actually have to do tinkering. Ooh. Ooh. Which you've never done before. You Ooh, keep a in a rush saying, while I'm doing these 12 things, I swing by and look at the mirror. So <laughs> Ocean, like um, so I assume Ocean and then Clever Hans has his moment. Ocean drives over to Book's, comes into Book's place, and... Uh, Book is crying. <laughs> Book's like, oh, what, what's going on, Book? You okay there? Narnia. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. He pats Book on the shoulder and was like, I know that book meant a lot to you. Book definitely, it's a series, <laughs> first of all. There's like seven books. <laughs> book definitely read them to, to Ocean at one point as well. Oh, that's sweet. Oh, that's I accept sweet. that as truth. Yeah. I, I take that 100% as canon. When, when we were driving in the spider to kill time, we would read Narnia. Oh, oh that's, yeah. Ocean's like, oh, man. Well, you told us the stories. We read them all together. So they'll always be in our head, Book. Always in our head. And he like rustles his hair. <laughs> yeah. Always in our head and in our hearts. Oh, Vesuvius, you didn't get to read Narnia. It's okay. I'll tell you the story. It starts with a with a brother. <laughs> <laughs> he starts snoring. Ocean, um, I don't know how long we're going to be gone this time because I, I didn't think that we'd be in Subtropolis for that long, but we were there for, for a few days. And I just, I don't want to miss an opportunity to get some more answers. Do you think you could take a look at... Um, Look at this mirror. There's nothing in it right now, but even so, I, I think there's there's got to be some information we can gather about it just from the way it's you know the way it's oriented yeah. and what what yeah. I saw before. Yeah, of course. Let me let me let me see it. Can he touch the mirror from where he is? Yeah, yeah. You can get over to it. It's it's like a pretty small mirror on like a desk pointed up through this crack. Imagine like a makeup mirror, but it's kind of ornate, angled up and. Yeah, I'm I'm picturing like brass brass fixture. So Ocean goes up to it and he puts both hands around it and holds it and he's going to use things speak. Give me your things speak roll. I have more weird, so I'm hoping I'll be more successful because I don't think I've ever gotten more than like a, a mixed success on a damn thing speak. My God, it's a full success. That's a 12. By Jove. Is that three questions? Yeah, three questions. The disparity between the first, seven through nine and 10 plus on things speak is so, so wild. Uh, Okay. As Ocean kind of like touches it and feels it, he, he kind of closes his eyes and is like, look, I can, I'm sensing some stuff about this. What, what do you know, want to know about it? Uh, and the options we can do are who handled this last, who made this, what strong emotions have been recently near this, what words have been said most recently near it, what is done most recently with this or to this, and what's wrong with it and how might I fix it? Book book is going to look at Ocean and be like, I just want to know what it was used for and and if we if there's something wrong with it like can we fix it and then i don't know like it i just wish i could hear my dad's voice you know telling me what i need to do okay in that place we're gonna pick what words have been said most recently nearby this what has been done most recently with this and what's wrong with it and how might i fix it ocean you touch this little mirror that's angled in just the perfect way to go up this huge crack and as you touch it, your brain shoots through the purpose of this item. And you see, you feel yourself almost getting dragged along this crevasse between these rocks. And it reaches up and actually reflects off of another mirror that's somewhere up further in the crack. And goes further up and up and you feel yourself rising more and more. Which probably gives you a sense of terror. Then there's suddenly just this 
burst of air you feel, and you just feel like rejuvenated, and you try to look around, but you're slurped back down all the way to the bottom. You feel yourself looking into this mirror, and you see something that Book can't see right now, which is this gibbous moon that's like almost full. You've probably never seen a moon before, and you don't read, so you probably have no idea what that is. But you see this moon, and you hear this voice, and Ocean, you hear, Maddie, this, this means we... We can do it. It's it's up there. The the world's fine. Like there would it's not filled with toxic gas. There's not a nuclear winter. We're able to see it and we're able to track it and it comes when it's supposed to come. We've not there's not been a massive comet that hit the surface and knocked us out of our orbit. It's what everyone wrote down. It's what we expect. It's working just as it always did for millennia before we for some reason went into this godforsaken earth. And in this vision, you look down and you see he has this just incredibly detailed series of notes that are documenting all the phases of this, the times of the day that it is visible or not. You can't read, so you don't know what those times of the day are, unfortunately. Uh, you can tell there's a lot of just very detailed documentation associated with it. And the thing you do recognize is this picture of a full moon cycle going all the way through a new moon, all the way back to a new moon over a period of time that you can't understand because you are illiterate. <laughs> Stupid. From these those reflections, as you shot up through it, you notice that a lot of it, you have to just be lucky and be there at the right time when it shows up. He has no, you don't notice anything else besides it being able to see the moon. That's the only indication you got from anything else. You think with some very minor adjustments, you may be able to get a wider period of time where stuff is visible because just out of character, you're getting a pinhole view of the moon. So it has to both be overhead and in that particular cycle. So it's very infrequently that it actually shows up. But you think you could do some adjustments to maybe increase that window a little bit. Wow. <sighs> I like your little, your little speaky, speaky touchy. Yeah, it's super useful. So Ocean exhales. <gasps> And he turns to Book and is like, I heard him. I, I heard your dad. Wait, you did? He was talking to Maggie. He said that the surface, that the, it's, they said it's fine. They said that something's up, that there's nothing going on up there. There's nothing up there to prevent them from not going. They said they can do it. I don't know what they plan on doing, but I think they left to go to the surface. And then I saw this, and Ocean grabs a pen and he draws the moon cycle that he saw in the picture. It's like, I don't know what it is, but it was just big bright object in this it, up in the air and they had notes and pictures of this and that's what the mirror shows that's that's what this whole thing's for it's to look at this object this crack goes all the way up to the surface and i think i can i think we might be able to make this better with a little work i bet we can probably make this uh almost let us see anything up there wow that's pretty cool i'm <laughs> glad I, i'm glad i didn't move it glad i didn't move that mirror book kind of pushes down the frustration that that ocean got to hear the voice that up up until the last up until the last time book watched that video um he hadn't heard for like 12 years i want to say he goes thanks ocean i um it means a lot i appreciate that you uh that you were able to do that for me sounds like your parents were really impressive people they they seem to figure out a, a lot of stuff there was notes sprawled all over this place i wonder if you can find them yeah I uh, I wonder that too. And then Book like smushes his face into the to the crevice, and he tries to take a deep breath and see if anything happens. <laughs> you do you feel like anything happens? <laughs> Nothing happens. <Okay. laughs> 
but but I, I, he takes like several breaths like he tries to so where he's like trying to pull air from the surface whereas like yeah. he's breathing in through the crevice and then breathing out behind him yeah yeah you don't feel anything but you can feel something if you think you know so then i so then book turns around and goes ocean do you know what this means what there's breathable air up there somewhere there's breathable air down here what what else are we been breathing this whole time but but well i'm i'm saying if we if we left the surface because the air wasn't breathable it is now or never was not breathable maybe maybe my parents were right all i mean maybe they're just up there waiting for me i mean maybe but why would they not come back why would they just stay up there they said that everything was fine but from what i could see all they could see was that one object in this in the, in the air i don't i don't know how that prove any of their theories about that nothing happened we came down here for a reason i assume there there's there's something i think they probably must be missing well ocean there's there's one thing we do know the psychic maelstrom was man-made so maybe maybe the apocalypse was too End of session moves, everyone. At the end of every session, choose a character who knows you better than they used to. Tell that player to add plus one to their HX with you on their sheet. If more than one character knows better, choose at most two. So remember, we can choose NPCs. Most of your friends have died. Yeah, somebody we know better. Except for Crandall. Crandall, yeah. Wait, do we have a... We should We should have HX with fake Suvius. I don't think we do yet. I don't have fake Suvius written down here. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking we should. I think I'm definitely going to use fake Suvius. So you guys both want fake Suvius? Yeah, I want to put him on here for history. I think that makes sense. I think both of you can go to plus one with him. At the end of each session, judge for yourself. Are you satisfied with your place in the world? Definitely not. <laughs> Get one XP. Yeah, book is also not. At the end of the session, judge for yourself. Does your scavenge choice still hold true? I think so. Yep. I definitely think so. Then get plus one XP. Any of you level up or anything? I'm one away. No. One away. Okay, well, you have an end of session move to perform. Interrogating realities, I believe? That is correct, and I can mark one of my mysteries. The the mystery, or the sub-mystery, that I'd like to mark true slash or false is um, the AI that we interacted with in the hospital lives in the psychic maelstrom. Is that your question? Uh, that's my mystery. Or, or that maybe not lives in, but is connected to, is, is eternally connected to the psychic maelstrom. It is true. Thank you so much for listening to Oops! All Apocalypses this week. We are very bad at social media, so if you wouldn't mind just hopping over to your social media account with the most friends and typing, hey, I can't hold it in anymore. This podcast is pretty good, and I think some of you would like to listen to it. Find it at www.stew.cool listen. That's Stu, S-T-U. The music and editing was performed by the aforementioned Stu Masterson. That logo is by Brady McDonough, and Jacob runs the merch table. Love you, bye. Do you say sh straighter? Straighter.
right? They call him Strider. Strider.